Welcome to the Sight and Sound podcast presented by Heart God Media. And uh, yeah, today we have a we have a special shit episode on the 1988 film. It was not released in America officially until 2015, entitled Hack O Lantern, featuring a slew of nefarious actors, a nefarious director, and an amazing script and amazing execution of this film. And today we have two gentlemen that you've heard many, many a time on this uh, astute podcast. Uh, Mr. Eric Scott Tyler and Mr. Lewis Smith. Say what up, guys. What's going on? What up, what up? And uh, so this is a relatively newer film to all of us because it wasn't released until 2015. Eric, I know I had showed you it, and and we had watched it together last year. And Lou, you had just recently viewed this film for the first time, correct? That is, uh, that's one hundred percent correct. Now, uh, wild batshit is the first, uh, and I mean this in all the best way possible. Wild batshit, um, nuttier than squirrel turds. Uh, just a fucking a rambunctious romp of a of a cinematic adventure. Hack o' Lantern is and it was and uh, I mean it's a shame that it went so long without a full release. And we're gonna dive into everything, but to give everybody a heads up because we're gonna kind of free flow through this. We're not really gonna run by like every like one of Hyde Pike's uh, uh, ball hairs of what happens on this entire film. But uh, we have a satanic grandfather. There's some incest going on. He travels in like a fucking beat up fucking like, I don't know, Ford F-150. And later you see in the movie that he then travels in like a little shitty. I think it's a Toyota, but it looks like a little fucking S-10 fucking romp stomp. Uh, also, that fucking pickup truck was weighed the fuck down so heavy with those pumpkins. Anyway, uh, yeah, he's into some satanic shit. And he takes to one of he ends up killing one of his 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 what is it his daughter's husband yes in a in a in a satanic uh, ritual as he stumbles upon it Tommy uh, gets told and he's kind of like the little protege of the satanic grandfather uh, high high Pike and Tommy grows older he's got. The, the nuts are bushed out now. He's got great hair, cut off t-shirt, black jeans, some friggin' an Elvira like Budweiser poster in his room. Dude, and, can we can we talk about his basement fucking dwelling for like two seconds? Honestly, like, that's uh, like my like dream. Like, I, you see all these lavish homes like that have like these amazing floors and like crystal chandeliers on cribs. That's what I want my entire house to look like. Is what his room looks like. He essentially robbed the entire decor from, like, fucking Three Pines and Canastota and fucking hung everything up. Like, the fucking Silver Bullet Coors thing, uh, the random-ass fucking, like, we had a neon clock as well. Like, it looked like it was a – it could have been, like, a VFW or a dive bar, like, in that basement. Oh, definitely VFW vibes for sure. Oh, small small windows, you know, just insane. (laughs) Everyone's dream basement, like dwelling, just like the the little satanic closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Brilliant. Little, Absolutely brilliant. If he had a sign on it that said seven minutes in hell, then that would be. If he had, had a little uh, bangaroo closet. I I like the fact, too, that, you know, it was, it was definitely addressed that it was stuffy in there. But it's like watching him work out the single bed with no sheet on it, you know. It's just like, you know it smells down there. Despite the temperature, despite the time, you're talking October at this point, right? So it's like, you know that it's stinky in that fucking basement. That's fucking odd. just gross. That's oddly close to what Vinny's uh, room looked like in on Westcott Street. <laughs> I uh, I haven't seen the room, but I saw the living room. So if the living room is an indicator of what the room was like, well, I agree with you. I can, or I can envision that 100%. Uh, I saw the same thing. I saw the living room and, and I, I think Jesse's room, but I can only imagine... <laughs> and uh yeah i could definitely smell the mildew in it too just watching on screen i you know i'm wondering if there was so this movie's release you said in what year was this so originally? so it was originally filmed in 88 and they had screenings and it was released i think in germany and like france and italy but it never had a a real american like release ever and i think it like got put out on some foreign vhs tapes but it never had a, an official release. It started screening in 2015, um, and I caught one of the screenings at the Palace Theater uh, with Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. They they double-featured that. Um, actually, I think it was a triple feature. I think it was I think it was 5, uh, 6, and 7, but they opened with Hackle Lantern, actually, so quad feature or whatever. But, and, yeah, it was not released, so a lot of people did not see this in Massacre... What was it? Massacre Video, right? Is that what it's called, Eric? Yeah, yep. Put out the Blu-ray of it uh, just a few years ago. But, yeah, this movie was in that basement, more or less, for for all these years. And then it, it got unleashed. And when I found this video... When I, when I saw this... When I saw this for the first time at the Palace Theater, I was... I was literally blown away. Like, BT and I saw it. We literally looked at each other, and BT's like, that was so crazy. And I was like, this is literally, like, one of the fucking best, like, movies I've ever seen. It just had, like, it had that feel to it that, you know, you would get, you would find, like, if someone said, oh, there's this movie Hackle Lantern that was filmed in 1988 by an Indian director who wanted to make, like, an American horror film. And... It's I I see how I, people think it's so goofy and stuff, but it's just so fucking fun. I don't know. I love it. And and didn't the director uh, Jag Mundro or whatever, however you pronounce his name, didn't he like write this and like direct this like in the with the intention that it was going to be like ginormous, like like in the vein of like a Halloween, like like actual the Halloween John Carpenter's Halloween. Didn't he think it was going to be like that big? Oh yeah, he he definitely like had. But that's you know what though. Credit to this guy. You kind of got to – that's the way you got to film fucking yeah. movies. And it wasn't like it had a complete shoestring budget. It had a $5.5 million budget. I don't know where the fuck all that shit went to, but, <laughs> like, the <laughs> catering must have been out of this world. There must have been fucking – I don't even know. Like, they got Moonjeds to cater or something. I don't know what the fuck. Catering and just the pumpkins in Grandpa's tr- uh, back of his truck. You know, for for a motherfucking pumpkin farmer, that bitch never seems to move his inventory at all. Bales a hand pumpkin, he can't seem <laughs> to get rid of that shit for the life of him. Right? Yeah, just just wild. I I want to say I, I want to say one thing about this that I find very interesting that you kind of like. I, I didn't think of it, and I didn't know that about like, hey, he shot this with the intention of 
I'm going to create my own reality and this is going to compete with at that point in time, what would have been the best of the best. What I find interesting about that is it plays in so well at that point in time, late eighties, you know, kind of the satan, the afterburner of the satanic panic type shit. Right. Or in the midst of, depending on how you want to look at it. So it's, it almost makes sense that he had that like forethought, like, well, if I tie in, you know, you know, Satanists, Satanists, you know, groups of, of wizards and warlocks or however the fuck you want to categorize them mixed in with, they're also, the leader is fucking incestual, right? And it's just like, it ties in every single bad, well, evil sounding trope. And then it's like, he's also corrupting his family. So it's just like, it, it fits so well, I think, for that point in time. So it's interesting you pointed out, like, dude, he was swinging for the fucking fences on this one. Just, it's, so that makes it even more funny it's bold it's definitely it, bo- like going bold. bold like one the actor of ha- having high high pike as the grandfather tell me this guy it also looked like his it, it, all of his dialogue was he redubbed it over so it almost feels like you're watching like fucking like a bruce lee film <laughs> yeah his, his lines are like yeah most of them are dubbed over but he has like that, a very a extra song. yeah it, right it, it, exactly like He's, like, still wording it, but he has, like, an extra, like, flamboyant, like, little lispy sauce on it. And it's just fucking... It just adds... And I also love the flashback scene where they show him raping his daughter on her wedding day. Yes. That he is wearing, like, a black... Like, an obvious black wig. And the daughter still looks like she's 47 years old still (laughs) in her wedding day from fucking, like, 20 years ago. Dude, him in that fucking wig, man. I swear to God. He must have makeup on, too, because, like, he looked like Canadian actor Michael Myers, like, with a fucking wig on. And he sounds like Buck Flower. So it's just, like, it's this excellent culmination of, like, weird character actors slash, like, ugh. Is he Cajun? Is that actor Cajun? He may is he may very well be. I also Like, it's just, like, what the fuck is that? Dude? I, I like, love that he ran, like, he never... As far as the character of Grandpa goes, I like that he never, like, decommits with the the metal hand signal, like the 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 metal horns, with the thumb out. He does it, like, mm-hmm. he's leaving conversation, and that's, like, his exit point, where he just fucking, <laughs> left, right, left, right, uh, powers in the blood, Tommy. Like. Amazing. Amazing. It, uh, is, there, is there an element of hypnosis too? Is that what we're led when he does the whole thing in the middle of the forehead? Is that like a hypnosis thing? <laughs> I think it's, it's be, right? I think it's just his calling card. Yeah, I thought that, you know not to skip to the very end of the film, but when he's like dying there and he does that and he put, and he puts it on the younger grandson's like face. And uh, if you notice, like when they're doing the rituals, he has like that dot in the middle of his. I don't know. I, yeah. I thought for some reason they kind of matched up that way. Like it had something to do with the ritual. Hey, man, it's a, it's a third eye. Fucking <laughs> like in the third eye. Yeah. I mean, that that also tracks too. But so, so to kind of just give you and our listeners a little bit more of a synopsis. Um, yeah. So the grandpa's satanic. He slept with his daughter, and they lead you to believe that like Tommy is there love child they kill the you know the the makeshift father at the beginning he has a younger brother who is now a cop he has a a younger sister who is like i don't know the just a like a teenager she's supposed to be a teenager i guess um and that is one thing 
not to cut you off, is, is I never, you know, in watching this play, I can never tell, like, how old everyone's really supposed to be because they all look no, cause, everyone looks super uh, old. High Pike and his daughter look the same age. Tommy literally <laughs> looks like he's 37. He's working part-time at Napa Auto. And also, he's also applied to lose, but he has no real mechanic experience. So he's just been, he's just been trying to get into lose, but he's just stuck at Napa like part time, eating a Snickers and a freaking a Mountain Dew over at the Red Apple on his break. Dra- draining the fucking rotary uh, funded fucking candy machines that don't get filled regularly. Oh yeah, in the stores. You know what I'm talking the about. The only guy that's Under- eating the Charleston chews out of there. <laughs> Oh fuck! Not even the good ones either, the banana ones. Uh, oh. <laughs> and uh, definitely has a like a red red apple quick fill cap too that he wears backwards at Napa. One hundred percent agreed. Um, but yeah, so yeah, he's older now, and he's obviously corrupt by his grandfather. Uh, they touch horns. Uh, and. <laughs> And yeah, there's a there's a Halloween dance that this all calm that the big ending culminates in. So Grandpa's caught though, uh, and they're trying to like sacrifice people because that's what you do when you're in a satanic cult. Also, I wonder if they hired a seamstress for all those robes because the robes and the actual like devil masks or whatever the fuck they wear with the little like tusks on the bottom are actually awesome. sick. Awesome. Oh yeah. One of the best masks I can even really—it's one of the best masks ever, I think. It it definitely had like the fucking Motorhead like War Pig right right vibe thing going on. Like I really liked how that looked a lot, and I love the choice of weaponry as well. What the fuck would you a bent a pitchfork? It's a gardening instrument. We know that, but like. I don't know as if I've ever seen one of those in real life outside of fucking kinds, you know? Like, I don't know what that is. (laughs) I'm really... Anybody who's from, like, Madison County, specifically the the uh, 13032 zip code, is fully appreciating this (laughs) right now. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, what the fuck is that thing? Like, I've seen the handheld version of that, but that's, like, a full fucking, like, I am standing up. I can't hurt my back, dude. Well, yeah. it is, he is, he is, he is a geriatric fuck that runs a fucking farm, so it makes sense he's got the long little. It's like a little modified Rayco. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. Can, can I just say, because you mentioned the dance before you get away from it, that has got to be one of the most insane high school, high school fucking Halloween dances of all time. There's a fucking, there's a stripper, there's an 80s hard rock <laughs> slash blues band. Like, it is just, it's, that's it, wild. That's wild. I couldn't believe, I, the stripper thing, I couldn't, I could not believe at all. When that whole sequence was going and it went from like, what could have been like, I don't know, like a borderline hair metal music video to the actual like, now there's a stripper performing and it's the fucking, it's the goddamn backing band from, from Dust Till Dawn. Oingo Boingo's drummers on stage playing this this shit right now. You know, it's just it was such a jarring switch between the two styles of music and the stripper. But it was it made it all the more like this is amazing. I love this. That band I absolutely love. They're called DC Lacroix Female Fronted. They're super. They were super like just underground and never really broke. And they put out a couple records, but they are like epitome of like that like. They look like Lemmy would have had them open for Motorhead on the Orgasmatron tour. Oh, yeah. 
and showcase two you know two separate times in the dream sequence which is we gotta definitely touch on that dream sequence. yes please and, please and at the at like you said at the crazy fucking high school stripper metal band dance which is why couldn't we have shit like that did that does that exist somewhere or were we just fucking punished based on where we grew up pre-1990 i think it did from like a few years late mid to late 80s and then that's it fucking camden high school getting all sorts of weird you know we're we're on the other side of night of lake suffering meanwhile they're fucking wiling out over there jesus so good there's just there's so much and if you tried to explain this movie to someone it seems like so all over the place but to the to jag uh mundras or, or whatever his name is uh his credit and he passed away i think 10 years ago but um to his credit i really think that the movie's held together and it flows nicely for for what it is mm-hmm. it doesn't there, it, there isn't like points where i'm like like there's some goofy movies that are fun to watch and it just seems like sometimes they drag. This one has like they hit they have good beat. Good uh they hit on good beats. Yeah. The pacing is the pacing's good. It doesn't and, and you get, you know, you get gratuitous. Well, not even gratuitous, but you get an appropriate amount of nudity, you know, like the kills are are excellent like and you get that tinge of like there's also an occult vibe here, which that like Jesse, when you sent that text to me explaining this, but it was like one sentence. It was just like satanic grandfather pr- proceeds to slaughter various humans in in this small town, or so, I don't know what the fuck it was, but it was like some variation that I was like, dude, I'm on board. I have to see this movie. I have to know what this is all about because it's like so now going into that with that's the only fucking explanation I had on this, and then like the trailer or whatever. I watched like the trailer or something. Um, it was just like okay this is awesome and it did not definitely didn't drag at all i would i would agree with that um for it being what jags yag i don't know how you pronounce his name his attempt at making the next fucking halloween or whatever friday the 13th or something like interesting interesting choice of story and pacing fucking nailed it yeah i mean it has the perfect ingredients in my my opinion sometimes that there's there's movies that I watch, and I think to myself, like, did me and my friends just come up with this? But we didn't. Like, if we were going to come up with a movie, I feel like it would, these are all the ingredients we would have. Like, fucking country setting, Halloween, satanic grandfather, like, cult, and like you said, perfect kills. Killer band. Amount- <laughs> yes, killer metal band. Perfect amount of, uh, of nudity. It's, and it, like you said, the pace of the film is great. It's the perfect length, too. I think it's, like, less than an hour and a half. Um for you this? Know, when, when you showed this to me last year, Jesse, obviously I I had never seen it, but it instantly, like I immediately like went out and bought it. Like I tried to buy it, and it like shot right on my list. Like I I truly think, and as you both know, we're in a world full of just there's thousands and thousands of you know slasher flicks that just you know a lot of them are the same, but this one definitely stands out in my opinion. So yeah, and it like you said, it, it because it incorporates everything. You think it would be. I don't know that it would you feel like you were pandered to but because it was a 1988 film it's just the way it was like it and it doesn't feel like as much as he was probably trying to pander to the audience at the time too it just I don't know it just I I wish he was alive and I wish he would he was alive doing something with the film so he can know that like the people that have seen this film do enjoy it so much. But and I also would love to ask him if it was his idea to put the pentagram on the the blonde trashy chick's ass. 
And when she's getting out of the hot tub, you can see that it's clearly faded off because it's just like a stamp or whatever. And then, and then it's vibrant again. Uh, and it's just like, I want to know like the ins and outs of that. Like, like, did he really, was he just like, well, I mean, she's a pale ass white girl. She needs a big black pentagram on her ass. Like, and then they, they get the, during the one ritual that they do show, don't they put a pentagram, they'll bring it on another girl's uh, bottom right. Or is, yeah, different girl. Yeah. yeah. My question is, is the incest stuff, like, like who came up with that? Like, I almost feel like it wasn't necessary for the the film, really. I mean, it kind of was, but I also feel like it was just, like, pushing the envelope a little bit. Like, what's another, like, crazy thing we can add to this? The grandfather, yeah, he's, you know. He had sex with his daughter on their, her wedding night. I think that definitely has, like, some, uh... Because I know that, like, in, like, satanic lore or whatever, you know, the way, like, Christians and everything have, like, tried to, like, paint, like, uh, Satanism and stuff like that. That's, like, a... I know that's a component that's talked about uh, with the religious... Uh, the religiosos when they talk about, like, you know, they keep their bloodlines, uh, you know, pure, so they sleep with each other because they want, like... I, I've definitely heard that before, so maybe he read something and, like, decided to incorporate that. Maybe he just, yeah. like... Maybe he was just like, fuck it, there's gotta... We gotta get this whacked out, like... What do Americans well, as, do? They sleep with their kids. As you know, the power is in the blood, so you're probably right about all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. The power's in the blood. Uh, yeah, he... This, uh, so this Cajun, like, incestual hillbilly grandfather fucking romping around and on the mucklands with the goddamn, the shocks that are fucking begging to give out with all these pumpkins in the fucking back. This is, like I said, it, it hits so many different notes where it's like, it's a, a country setting, Halloween, like you said, he, he literally was just like, he probably just asked, like, two, like, kids that were wearing, like, an Iron Maiden shirt and like a fucking like, like a Night of Living Dead shirt, and he's just like, "What do you want in a movie?" Because that's I'm put all I'm put all in there. For sure. Called King Diamond up. Said, King, I need your help. So um, so as far as the cast goes, uh, High High Pike, unfortunately. like it has all the perfect ingredients but it also is clever like and i think it doesn't realize how clever it's being particularly for this one fucking scene that like i really had to think about it so tommy's brother roger right and they also have a younger sister her name escapes me now get this roger fucks his sister's friend on the buried body of his sister's boyfriend (laughs) that is insane like it's brilliant that is absolutely brilliant. And the bitch grabs fucking the hand of the dead boyfriend. Doesn't realize it's a fucking corpse. But, like, that aside, it's, like, that in and of itself. Fuck, like, the weird tie-in, like, it just blew me away. I was like, that's fucking awesome. That is awesome. Now, if, if, that whether day. or not that was intentional, that's what I really want to know. Because if it's not intentional, that's, like, savant-level brilliantness. And if it was intentional, again, that's brilliant. I had, I like, I had to pause it. 
and like really think through the relations of all the characters at that point. I was like, holy fuck. That's just why it just blew me away. That that little scene, like so that's what I'm talking about though. Like as far as it being like a great fucking indicator of like it doesn't overdo it, it has all the perfect ingredients, and I think it's clever even if it didn't intend to be fucking clever. Right. It's great. So immediately upon seeing the film, while I was in the theater back, you know, six years ago now, it was October twenty fifteen when I saw it, um, I immediately recognized Tommy. Tommy is played by an actor named Gregory Scott Cummings. Now, I know this cat as AWOL, the sergeant-at-arms at the Bayou chapter of the Brotherhood from the 1991 Brian Bosworth classic, Stone Cold. So, when, you have a resume, when your resume consists of, in my eyes, one of the best horror movies made of the 80s, it wasn't released until 2015, and one of the greatest action movies from the 90s, when you got Stone Cold and Hack lantern on... If he ever does a con, like I'm gonna worship at, at his feet because he's literally a, a, a king to have those two titles in his filmography. That and so it's funny you mentioned that because I did not recognize him as as that. But when you said exactly who the character is in Stone Cold, it's like motherfucker is Max's dad, and fucking it's always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, because I know that you and I've had that conversation. So when you said his character name. In fucking Stone Cold, it's like, holy fuck, that is that him? And now I'm like thinking about it, I was like, god damn. It's weird seeing him without like borderline eyeliner, you know, right, and that right. fucking facial hair that he still rocks, I think, maybe. Well, he's I been... mean, he rocked it in Stone Cold and he rocked it in It's Always Sunny, you know? Dude, the dude's <laughs> been in fucking Silk Stockings. You remember Silk Stockings? Mm. So fucking, it was a Cinemax like softcore show. Uh, so it was like busty cops or something like that. It, it's a little more. They take it a little more. They try to take it a little more serious. But he was in Walker, Texas Ranger. He was in an episode of Buffy. He's done a lot of TV. He was also one of the acrobat thug. He was acrobat thug one in Batman Returns. <laughs> and very just, specific. <laughs> yeah, obviously he was in. He was in Stone Cold. Uh, and he's just he's done a lot of TV, and he's still doing TV to this day. He's still an active, working actor right now. And he's most recently done 53 episodes of Bosch for the last seven yeah. years. And, yeah, he was on eight episodes of It's Always Sunny. He was in the Lethal Weapon show, NCIS. So the dude is, like, legitimately holding it down. And, I mean, listen, when you got Stone Cold and hack lantern in your filmography, like, that's pretty fucking... I mean, to me, I'm just like, you're, you're legit king, like... You'll oh, yeah. you'll never pay for a meal in Syracuse if you if I ever know you're here. <laughs> I think we should really try to get him uh, to a convention for sure. Oh, I'd love it. Plenty for him to sign. I mean, I'd I'd have got a I got several Stone Cold pieces of memorabilia he could sign, and I have Hack Lantern memorabilia now too for him to sign. But Dude, yeah. could could you imagine if you approached his table with that? Enormous stone cold banner. Oh, he'd, yeah. he'd, he'd smell it before he saw it, right? Because you explained the the aroma of it once you took it out of it. And I'm sure the aroma has since changed, but if you get close enough, I'm sure it still stinks like cool oh. cigarettes. Oh right? yeah, definitely. Now, yeah, that's another that's another regret not bringing that to have Lance Hendrickson sign it. Um, and if I ever do meet Bosworth, I'm having Bosworth. Bosworth has to sign it. Of course. 
Uh, I can. I, I'm wondering what Lance Henriksen's reaction would have been if you brought that to him. Whoa! You know, like just like blown away. It's like, how did you get that through security? That thing's fucking huge, man. Well, fucking I would just. Awesome. I should have brought it just to unravel it on his fucking table. He wouldn't know what to fucking say. But I, I did talk to him about Stone Cold, and he was like, I told him, I go, I go, I. He's like, I know you've probably heard it before, but I'm, I'm so like thoroughly impressed and still love your role in this film because it was fucking all improvised the guy initially only had two lines and then he ended up having all this amazing dialogue that of course lance comes up with because he's a king but but anyway back to hackle lantern just it's it's so rare to have a movie kind of just stay on the outs for fuck 30 years and and then come out and or was it 25 20 yeah 27 years uh to be hidden kind of more or less and real relatively unknown and then come out and I mean, it, it's got enough of a, a following right now where Joe Bob it got into Joe Bob's radar, and, and he he thought enough of it to uh, put it on one of his uh, Halloween specials on the last driving on Shutter last year, and I hope that helped the I hope the it just continues to grow because it's so it's such a wild film, the climax is so great with the 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 big you know fight slash battle at the end, and then the reveal. The reveal that that uh, Roger is now, because Tommy has like a a come to Jesus meeting where he kind of realizes that Grandpa's way isn't the way, and he turns face, and then and then Roger is the one at the end that that uh, the power's in his blood. I was in the blood. You know what else about it? I mean, that actually, like, uh, not that it's a huge reveal, but that actually, that got me the first time I saw it. Yeah, I was um, like, oh, that's cool. Like, <laughs> I didn't see it coming. Exactly. I mean, so that, I think we got to give the guy credit. Like, we got to give Raj some credit for what he did with this, because I think it, it's fucking, it was, it's it's a, fu- a fun watch, and it's not like, and I know it's, there's a, ho- there's a hokiness, and there's a goofiness, and there's the 80s goofiness to it. That'll never be like um, not mentioned, but that's not to say that a, a great film and an entertaining film, at the very least. Well, I always say that you can say a movie is good or bad or whatever, or you think it's goofy or anything like that. My real question is, was it entertaining? Were you entertained? Mm-hmm. And I think if you're entertained, then that ju- that's the that's the scale for how the movie was. Right. And what also, I think, added, like, another aspect aside from just, like, the plot and the characters and the cast and all that shit, um, even the score, like, the orchestral work, it definitely reminded me of a full moon fucking feature. Oh, but, yeah. But that, that's um, that's not a bad thing. It sounded like fucking Charles Band fucking wrote all the music for it. So it's, like, it definitely had that vibe of from that time period, late 80s, early 90s, full moon shit. Um very orchestral but like fitting all, all the more fitting for the fucking movie it's just and then tying a fucking metal band on, on top of that so it's like this weird dichotomy of like very orchestrated you know score versus mm-hmm. you know can we talk wait did you guys already talk about the dream sequence no yeah, no we haven't my phone cut out on so no. he throws the fucking he throws the cassette in Lifting weights, throws a cassette in. He just had an argument with his with his mother. Was his brother or his mother? It was his brother. And I thought it was his brother, right? When he came yeah, out. I like, think so. Stuffy. Oh no! I think I think it was his mom because after 
he shows the, his brother the, the fucking Satan or the satanic like his altar in his little closet. Do they does he storm out of there and then he jacks off and lays down and puts the music on? I can't remember the fucking. Well, you guys have seen it more than I have. Yeah. Yeah, his mother's like pounding on the door and saying like, yeah, Tommy, you can't and he said, I'm drowning mom out with some fucking with some metal in the tape player. And and yeah, the dream sequence where he becomes the guitarist in DC look uh D uh what is it, DC LaCroix. And yeah. and then is I guess just like getting danced on by the stripper and the band members are just loving it. And they're, they're doing their MTV video shtick. And then the band members start dying. Right. And then, and then he, it's like a, it's, it's like a Shiva stripper too. Yeah. <laughs> Which is even more insane. I like how his <laughs> hair was like, just that at all. <laughs> his hair was yeah. just like a little teased for it because then he was, he's in the band. So his hair's gotta be teased. Yeah. Yeah. Teased. Doesn't she shoot like a bolt at like one of the symbols and they just fucking truck it? Yes. Oh yes. yes. So you know what you know what movie this is? It's not as goofy as Blood Diner, but I got Blood Diner vibes from this movie. I can just like the just like the the tone, the vibe of it was like yes, yeah. Anytime there's dream sequence with anyone either pretending that they're in a band or like at a concert like dream dream sequences like in any film are always of the utmost importance i think but anytime you tie in something as wild as that it's going to top a list somewhere because like what we're, we're meant to believe that that is an omen of what's to come ultimate destruction right if you what look into the darkness the darkness looks back or whatever like i i might be reading too much into it maybe they just needed to put the band in there one more time or, or they, for the first they need to feature an actual music video and this is how they were going to do it Motherfucker's he, also, gonna... he also dies in that doesn't she kill yes yes but what a weird way to to illustrate that uh uh, uh, uh a Hindu god influenced stripper as you're playing rhythm guitar in this band <laughs> who, who kills other members of the band, right? Or whatever. And or no, maybe it's just him. I can't I it's think just, it's, yeah, it's just it's just him. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's just so much fun. And I I mean, where does this guy where does this as we, as we wind down, it's obviously a shorter episode, but it was fun to just kinda to talk on this. Uh you know, where does this rank? Like, you know, is this something for me? It's something that's always going to be in the Halloween rotation. Now, is this something that work will work its way into your Halloween rotation going forward? Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, since you showed it to me last year, like I said, I bought it, uh, you know, as soon as I could find it. And, uh, definitely in my, uh, Halloween rotation. And like I said, shout out my list. Obviously we know that there's so many films, the lists are so ginormous, but, um, yeah, I mean, I love this flick, and anybody who has never seen it, like I said, we, we talked about what's going on. We talked about the ingredients of the movie, and it's just amazing. So, yeah, definitely. I, it just so happens that we were doing this, so I just watched it, just finished it again yesterday. So, um, classic. This uh, this definitely, even if it, if it doesn't make a quote-unquote like Halloween-like rotation list, 
this will make the list of like I need to show this movie to as many people as possible, right, which is right. right in line with you know Hobo with a Shotgun, Repo Man, Surf Nazis Must Die, like shit like that, where it's like you gotta see this. Like I want to hear your thoughts on this movie because it's so amazing and just batshit insane. That will make that list, and I one hundred percent will rewatch this next Halloween. So yeah, I guess yes, it will make a Halloween list. Um, but more importantly, I think it will make that list of like shit that I show people uh, that probably don't want to see it. You know, like it'll That's, be one of those things. Like it, it's definitely one of those movies that makes its that makes its way onto a list where if you're unsure what to watch, and then you say to someone, "Have you seen Hack a Lantern?" and they yes. say no. You're at that point. You're like, okay, we're watching Hackle Exactly. Very much agreed with that. You summed that up perfectly, by the way, because that's that's what that's exactly what that list is. Oh, my my younger brother is over, and he's not graduated college yet, and I know that he doesn't want to watch this or have any understanding of what this movie is. Hey, have you seen? Like, I did that with like Night of the Creeps. Hey, have you seen this? He's like, no, and he watched it with me, and he had a fun time with it, you know. But anyway, I digress. Yes. We'll make a list, 100%. And these are the movies that, like, this is what's fun about, and that's why I think, you know, horror just keeps living on and on and on and on. And a movie that never got released in the 80s and then made its way finally to being released in 2015 and gets its Blu-ray release in 2018. And now here we are years and years and years later, and people are enjoying it. People are discovering it. Like, immediately when I said, like, oh, we're doing this movie Hack Lantern, I was like, oh, shit. Lou, have you seen Hackland? Oh, you gotta see Hackland. And, and now we, you know, we've done this episode, and that's the kind of lineage. Once these movies are seen, that they carry on, and the kind of the history and the the growing fandom that these movies will get. And I'm sure in 20 years, it'll be like, oh my god, fucking Hackland. Uh, so Hackland, obviously a little late to the party on its release, but it's finding its audience is it not it it's it, it is we got fucking three fans here right now talking about it hopefully this podcast like someone listens to that who hasn't seen it and it sparks more people to watch it because like that so it's a movie that everyone needs to see shout out to uh shout out to uh ben deedles uh of the neon brainiacs podcast um because he does a great high pike and uh they covered this movie a while ago and when they when they covered it i was just like i immediately like messaged them because i'm usually talking with those dudes whenever they do episodes um been on their podcast they've been on this one but uh immediately was like oh my god i can't believe you're doing fucking hackland i just saw that a few years ago in the at the when they fucking started screening it in 2015 and then we started talking about that that might have been the first time i talked to those guys actually because they covered it a few years ago uh, just you know, you know, a year or two after I had first seen it, um, but yeah, this I'm glad that the fandom's getting out there. This movie's being recognized, um, and yeah, it's fucking, it's gonna, it's gonna continue on, and who knows, maybe, maybe one day, you know, we'll we'll get Gregory Scott Cummings on here to to talk Stone Cold and Hackle later, <laughs> God willing. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for coming on, talking Hackalander. This was a blast as always. And uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, if you haven't seen Hackalander, go fucking check it out. It's fucking awesome. You can find the Blu-ray. I think it might be out of print at this point, but I'm sure it will get re-released again. And uh, maybe Arrow will do a fucking six-disc box set. Yeah. It's on Shutter as well. So oh, it's on Shutter. There you go. So check it out on Shutter if you don't like supporting 
the things you love. Um, and yeah, roll with that. And uh, we're out. It's been the Sight and Sound Podcast presented by Heart Guide Media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Heart Guide Media. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, wherever the fuck podcasts are. Download, listen, stream, or don't. Uh, either way, we're going to continue to do this. We're going to have fucking fun and talk about movies that are as great as Hackle Lantern. Happy motherfucking Halloween. We got the Halloween episodes that.